0: All right, well, let's get rocking and rolling. How's everyone doing? This is actually our first official Stallone Podcast Network recording since we joined forces onto uh, one feed. And so I'm actually kind of excited because I really feel like we're a family now. I don't get that feeling yet. Okay, roger that. (laughs)
1: Yeah, I don't like taking out the garbage.
0: Okay, well, this was a (laughs) short-lived... I feel like I'm doing too many chores.
2: Listen, it's not family until we have a fight on Thanksgiving or or you don't have to. Our Thanksgivings are different, Ryan. I'm sorry. Let's well, say Christmas. A fight on Christmas. Sure.
0: Our Christmas is the same. So that being said, yeah, we. Uh, I, I like that we've joined forces. I've been getting good uh, feedback as a fan of your show well both of your shows but particularly no that sounds terrible I'm just particularly looking forward to I'm looking forward to the Rocky 3 drop that's all and I know we've had to offload your Rocky 1 and 2 stuff but I guess it's buying you time and I think people are listening they must be they're listening that haven't listened before I think that's what's happening according to the numbers I was yeah I was looking at the numbers and it looks like some of our I was actually surprised that the numbers that some of them were getting. And I'm also maybe, surprised maybe that some are higher than others especially with a show like yours because Yeah, I
1: saw the same thing I'm like, what are they skipping an episode? They're like, oh, <laughs> I don't need minute six You know, I want to jump right to minute nine. I think,
0: Whatever works People's downloading habits is two things. Either people just have weird downloading habits or they like particular minutes of Rocky the movie or They're just confused, which is fine too. Or lastly, I don't know how accurate numbers are. I don't know sometimes. Mm -hmm. Because I get the same thing on my show. Before you guys joined, I'd get, you know, because we we do the same thing. We break down the movie in order, right? It's weird. Same thing. It's like, I guess people don't want to hear the banter about the pre fight. Or I guess people don't, you know, or people don't want to talk about the the rematch between Clubber and Rocky and Rocky 3. It's weird. It's the same idea. Mm -hmm. So I don't know how numbers work or how people listen to the show, but I also know there's people who listen to every episode. So we want to thank those people who truly listen to every episode. And I know they're doing that for your show there, uh, Doug. And I know that Craig, your Rambo episode was awesome and well-received mm-hmm. as, uh, as expected. That was amazing. Oh, thank
1: you. You helped make it great. It was awesome to finally have an opportunity to talk to uh, David Morell, who uh, was really generous with his time and, you know, I mean, he's talked about Rambo so much that, you know, I was hesitant to be the guy that sent him an email saying, hey, do you mind talking about <laughs> Rambo again? As you can see, he hadn't told a lot of those Rambo two stories or first blood part two stories in quite a while. So he enjoyed the little jog down memory lane.
0: Yeah. So if you haven't listened to that episode or listened to this one, go back in the feed under the Slycast feed there and you'll see Slycast and Slycast Rambo. You just search that. Yeah. and It'll come up.
1: Yeah, it's the 35th anniversary, and actually, this is a big anniversary year for Slycast episodes. I think we did when Rocky turned 40, we did an episode when Cobra turned 30. They're easy and fun episodes to do, so that's why we like to do them. In addition to the first Blood Part 2 episode, in November, we'll be celebrating two Rocky anniversaries. um, Rocky 4 and 5. Rocky 4 is turning 35 as well. Hmm. And Rocky Five is turning 30, so there'll be special There's episodes he. for both of those. And I assume both you guys will be on those episodes, hopefully.
0: Oh, sure. I'd love to. I'd be honored.
1: Rocky Five is one movie that I think is a great movie to create content for because it's such a polarizing film. It's just a movie that I really love, A, sticking up for and going to bat for and saying, hey, it's not as bad as you think it is. And then also just giving that, content to people that really really enjoy that movie
0: couldn't agree more not to plug myself but as you know we like to plug ourselves and the beauty now (laughs) the beauty now we're all on the same network so we don't have to do all that long-winded stuff at the end yeah you'll find us on this feed just if you're getting this show right now just look at the freaking library of like 300 episodes and pick your thing rocky five Totally agree, Craig. When we covered Rocky Five, I was a little bit nervous. I, I was like, "Oh, you know, I wonder if people are going to jump ship." But I have received so much positive feedback of our season five Rocky Five coverage because it's such a polarizing movie. I think it it adds or it uh, provides fun. Banter, discussion points, because it's so polarizing, it's almost more fun to talk about. I can't wait till Rocky Minute gets the Rocky Five for that reason, because it's just so much fun mm-hmm. to talk about. We poked fun where necessary, and we also paid reverence where necessary. There's parts of it that any Rocky fan will know. There's parts of that film that are top tier moments in the Rocky franchise. If you're listening to this, Stallone Podcast Network, and you haven't go check out "Going the Distance" season five. We our coverage of Rocky Five. We had some great interviews in that season too. Bill Conti, Richard E. Gantt, who played uh, George Washington Duke. Some of our biggest interviews and moments were in uh, season five, Rocky Five coverage. Kevin Conley too, right? <laughs> yeah, I don't care. <laughs> you know, did you hear my uh, did you hear my interview with? Yes, I did. <laughs> Yes, I I did. Well, whatever, man. You know what? Why should celebrities be protected? There's a part of me, we're all people on this planet, right? I would say the same about Sly, quite frankly. If Sly literally ghosted me, I'd say, yeah, Sly ghosted me. It's something to talk about. But he hasn't ghosted me because he hasn't talked to me. But the point is, is, yeah, you have a conversation with somebody. It's just... What did Rocky say in Rocky 2 to Adrian? You know, what What this director's doing is rude. Isn't this rude, Adrian? Mm-hmm. <laughs> it, he might be a big-time director in the commercial business, but you know, if you're being rude to somebody, you're being rude. And I hate to say it, but Mr. Kevin R- Connolly, he's a rude guy. Director you know? of, of Gotti. Yeah, he directed uh, the American classic, Gotti. <laughs> That's what he was afraid of, you bringing that up. Well, anyone that knows me knows that in my interviews, I never uh, was a Side or... Uh, yeah, mm. surprise them with some sort of garbage. But that being said, yeah, I, I said my piece. If you want to go listen to that episode, actually go to the podcast. It's called Henry Talks About, just like it sounds Henry talks about. And he interviews me. Yours truly, Reiner Balkan, on that episode. I'm tagged Reiner Balkan. So search Henry Talks About Reiner Balkan and I'll come up in your Google searches. And actually I think it's a really solid interview and it's a really good interview. Yeah, in that interview I kinda trashed on Kevin Connolly, so why not? You know. Okay, well today guys Let's go. I'm excited. We're not doing a movie. We're doing some comedy. Yeah. Well,
1: <laughs> I guess that's subjective.
0: We're covering The Muppet Show, Sylvester Stallone's 1979 guest appearance on The Muppet Show, and then we'll cover the 1997 guest hosting appearance of Sylvester Stallone on Saturday Night Live. Did you guys watch The Muppet as kids back when this was out in 1975 to 81? I think this series was out, something like that.
1: Absolutely. I remember watching The Muppet Show as a kid. It was a big deal. Oh, I yeah, loved I The Muppet remember. Show.
2: I loved it as a kid. I don't know if, if I was like on the young end of the spectrum. I remember moments of it, but nothing specific
0: about it. But I just remember it as a whole. Okay. Well, it was in the zeitgeist. I mean, it ran from 76 to 81, the original series, 120 episodes. But it would have been in repeats. It's one of those syndication yeah. shows. So even if you weren't, like I was... One years old when it started and six years old when it ended. But I know I watched it past the age of six. I was familiar with the show, the characters. I watched a few of the movies actually in the theater. I know I saw at least Muppets Take Manhattan. I believe I saw that in the theaters for sure. My favorite characters I have them is Fozzie the Bear. I always love Fozzie the Bear. I love his failed his failed jokes. I think even as a young kid, it really spoke to me. As maybe that's why the Rocky character speaks to me, right? Is because it's somebody who is so innocent and dopey and tries their best. He, you know, Fozzy goes his own personal distance and he has a heart of gold. He's just not necessarily the best magician or joke teller. And I, I always felt sorry for him, so I guess it was a part of me that was always rooting for him. he just sucked at his job. I don't know. You love yourself a good dad joke, mm-hmm. so you know you kind of relate to Fozzie a little bit, right? I think so. I think so. Yaka, yaka, yaka. It's Waka, you dummy. (laughs) (laughs) Look, it's been a long time. You
1: know what you should do in the edit, Ryan? You should actually fly in Fozzie saying the Waka, Waka, Waka. Everybody wins.
2: Everybody wins. I'm sure I would do that, and Doug's a little (laughs) freaking idiot. You love yourself a good dad joke. Mm -hmm. So,
0: uh, you know, you kind of relate to Fozzie a little bit, right? I think so. I think so. Let's walk. Yaka yaka yaka. Dummy. <laughs> How dare you insult me? I did a perfect, in fact, I did a perfect, a perfect uh, <laughs> impersonation. How silly of me. All right. So Stallone guest starred on The Muppet Show in 1979. I think it was January or something like that, uh, or July. And one of the two J's, I can't remember.
1: It was probably January because I doubt that they were running original first run programming in July. Yeah. Good point. If you look at the TV season and it was episode 20. So oh, yeah. Um, if the season started in September.
0: It makes perfect yeah, sense. Yeah. So he had done Rocky in 1976. Then he did fist in 1978 and the same year paradise alley. So he kind of had two movies in a row after the Rocky movie that didn't quite reach the zeitgeist or I already use that word today, the pinnacle of the Rocky success But he guest stars on The Muppet Show to help promote his upcoming Rocky II 1979 release. This is pretty standard fare for any celebrity, even today, obviously, to guest star either on Saturday Night Live or whatever the flavor uh, comedy show or late night TV show. So overall, before we get to the skits, Doug, what was your overall impression of Sly himself on The Muppet Show?
2: I felt overall, I thought it was somewhat boring he was holding back. We'll see him later on, you know, in the Saturday Night Live, him actually tapping into his own personal comfort. But I think especially in front of an audience, I think he might have been a little a little gun-shy, maybe. Audience? I, what are you talking
1: about? I know it's not like a live audience, yeah, I was gonna say performing
2: in, fr- in front of people instead <laughs> yeah, in of, of, instead of on a... On a
1: <laughs> you know what's interesting about that, Doug, though? I can kind of see that criticism, mm-hmm. but at the same time, when you're a guest star on The Muppet Show, you're automatically the straight man. Mm. So at that point, it's hard not to be overshadowed by a Muppet.
2: Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a good
1: point. And I think that could ultimately make your performance look a little less impactful. But didn't he spend more time in the dressing room this episode than he did actually behind the camera? Seemed that way. If you look at it as an actual show, like the show that went out to the, the fictional air, he was in his dressing room For more parts of this show than he was actually on the show.
2: He did two stage bits and then the rest were dressing room bits.
0: He changed when
1: he was in the dressing room.
0: Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, he did. (laughs) I forgot what The Muppet Show was really about. The nuance of the show that the idea is it's kind of like a 30 Rock. I don't know if you guys ever watched 30 Rock. Mm-hmm. It's a show within a show. I mean, I, I knew that, but I forgot just how much that was. And so, in many ways, 30 Rock, or even because 30 Rock's about Saturday Night Live and how that works. So, really, the Muppet Show is just mimicking, I guess at the time, Saturday Night Live was out at this time. But the idea that it, we're watching the show, that, so there's people in the audience, so to speak, watching these Muppets perform magic tricks, musical numbers. But even some of the musical numbers I forgot were like legitimate numbers. They're just Muppets playing songs, uh, jazz songs, mm. and what have you. And I, I guess I actually really appreciated the amount of talent and work and production that these mid to seventies to early eighties puppets, it's actually quite a, Quite a feat of talent and costumes and singing and comedy sketches. But that being said, it was a story within a story. Like we see them go on a stage, they perform. They go behind the camera. Kermit's the producer. Ton, you know, stage right, stage left, and you got all these different characters, you know, making this world go around to perform in front of this audience who's theoretically paid tickets at some sort of theater, come and watch this. You have the two old men cracking jokes the whole time. (laughs) They got the best seats in the house. Maybe nostalgia kicked in a little bit. I was like, man, this is a much smarter show than I remembered watching as an adult
1: this was a period when like the entire family would sit down to watch tv together so mm. you'd have you know mom and dad the kids maybe grandma or grandpa and that show would need to appeal to everybody watching it whereas nowadays there's channels for grandma there's channels for the kids there's channels for dad there's channels for mom there isn't as much families getting together to watch tv anymore so it definitely made it much more challenging, I think, from on the creative end to actually put together a show that needed to connect on so many different levels.
2: Yeah, it takes a smart writer to give enough nuggets of comedy for the parents to enjoy as well as make it pleasing to the eye for the kids. Mm-hmm. It's definitely challenging. As the human actors on a Muppet show, like you have to react and you have to bounce off of a puppet. That might have been some of what stunted sly in this episode too is it's probably hard to react or act off of you're talking to a, another character on screen and you're looking them in the eye but in a puppet there's like really there's nothing looking back at you There's are dead eyes <laughs> <laughs> so, so you, you're kind of reacting off of that i mean yeah. those puppeteers were were geniuses too
1: oh my god yeah they, yeah it's true it's true art so i remember there were a handful of moments in this where you see Sly has, I don't know if affection's the right word. The way he interacted with the Muppet, the one obvious one I'm thinking of right now is the Roman gladiator scene mm-hmm. where he's with the lion. Mm-hmm. And uh, at the end of the sketch, I think they're done. And he, I, I think he gives him a hug, if I remember correctly. And it, it just felt like a real genuine moment where Sly had connected with a, a soulless, you know, that was a guy in a suit, of course, but he was still mm-hmm. looking at, you yeah. know dead Muppet eyes
0: right <laughs> let's uh look at the first little intro here so the, when the show first started we see Sylvester Stallone inside the change room with a ukulele yeah
3: Sylvester Stallone 15 seconds to curtain Mr. Stallone uh, everything okay oh yeah I'm happy as a clam oh, oh, I'm so miserable. My
4: back I gotta walk over the tonight. Well, happy at some point.
5: <laughs>
4: and this is the
1: source of that famous gif. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The so, like the one where he turns to the camera and shakes his head.
0: <laughs> yep. Ryan's a fan of that one. You use that one a lot, right, Ryan. <laughs> yeah, hey, I love a good gif. Sloan's in the uh, in the dressing room. He's, he was told it's 15 seconds of current time, which is – th- that's not very much notice. Anyways, it's a quick little dumb joke because he says he's happy as clams, and these clams walk by him mumbling and groaning essentially is what happened. <laughs> and he says happy as some clams. That was the joke. <laughs> now, Doug, did those clams ever appear on the Muppet Show again?
2: <laughs> You're asking me? Well,
0: I, I know you like to do research, so <laughs> – <Yeah. laughs>
2: Believe it or not, it was hard to dig up research on these episodes.
0: Actually, I did find a little bit of uh, information on The Muppet Show. Just basically synopsis of the skit. There's a fandom, fandom wiki, wiki fandom. Mm-hmm. Uh, so people have been pretty good about The Muppet Shows, and they actually have provided links for each character. And, so, for example, the punching bag character that comes up and the, and the robot that comes up in one of these later skits turns out that was the only episodes they were used for but it's pretty cool it actually has little and tells you who they were and what who voiced them and stuff so there it's the information is out there but for the sake of this podcast cuz we're just reviewing Stallone's performance in his particular skits we're not going to go through it's not a muppet episode so we'll just go to his so the first big skit that he has is almost 6 minutes into the episode which i mm-hmm. thought was kind of weird it's when he's a gladiator not much dialogue uh, a little bit of singing stallone comes out in a gladiator outfit He's got a trident, which is an odd weapon for the uh, arena, but he does. You notice he does the rocky.
1: Yeah, the like the foot. Mm -hmm. The the foot shuffling.
0: Little showmanship. I love how he throws the helmet. He says, "Hold this, guys!" He throws the helmet and it (laughs) hits the muppet in the head. Hold this, guys. I don't know why that part actually made me laugh. (laughs) So we have a lion come out, and I guess the joke or the gag is this big, scary lion comes out and it roars at. Stallone's character, but of course Stallone roars back and scares the lion becomes a cowardly lion now in the process (laughs) kind of a, you know, he's a big scary, big scary Stallone which is an interesting concept because he hasn't quite tapped into, at this time in his career of an action star this little moment here of him boxing slash fighting with this lion In the arena, it's probably the most action he's done in his career up to this point.
1: Well, not counting Death Race Two (laughs) Thousand.
0: My bad. Yes, (laughs) the look
2: that he's gotten is was reminiscent to him wearing a a caveman's outfit, stuck in a cage, smealing mainly. (laughs) Yeah, it is the smeal mainly outfit. I guess him having the uh, outfit that goes over his shoulders with his bare chest and everything—it just kind of reminded me of it here is obviously
1: better than death race 2000
0: (laughs) excuse the pun it's a tight race which one might be worse (laughs) i just want to know what the name of the song was so they start singing here i'll I'll play i'll play the song that they start singing i say i'll bite you and i'll say i'll beat you i'll say i'll beat you and i say i'll
5: eat you Bite you
6: beat you bite you you. eat you Let's call the whole thing thing off i say augustus and i say augustus I say I say we go. Augustus, Augustus. We go.
2: Let's call the whole thing off. This is is actually a remake of a real song, wasn't it?
1: It's that one everybody knows, you know, you say tomato, I say tomato. I think that's something everybody like knows, even if they do the song. Yeah.
0: That's basically the skit. They want to call the whole thing off and that's the end of the skit. It's, of course, the gladiator character the stone plays, he still destroys the lion. He picks him up and throws him around like a rag doll. <laughs> Which was a funny part. Yeah.
1: Well, it was an empty suit. You could yeah. tell yeah. the suit was empty.
0: Yeah, of course. There was one part when he stepped on the tail that he was going to take his sword and, sh- and slice the tail off. I actually thought that at one oh. point. But that's 2020. <laughs> Ryan thinking not 1979. Can we just say that Sly, why does he insist on trying to sing? <laughs>
2: this ain't the He's- last of it either, my friend.
0: There's nothing funny about that song, right? No, it's a legitimate song. They sing it straight. And the idea of the song that makes it quote unquote funny is that you got a lion and its opponent singing together. Let's called this whole thing off because they both don't want to get hurt or really injured, even though, again, the gladiator character does destroy the lion. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
2: and it's not like real singing either. He does like this talk singing like uh, Tom Waits. Does Tom Waits do that?
0: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, don't insult Tom Waits like that, though.
1: (laughs) And here's a great Stadler and Waldgrove joke where, you know, they they allude to Stallone being the beast.
6: Well, I always heard that music can soothe the savage beast. Now I believe it.
3: Yeah, good thing the lion learned to sing. Stallone would have killed him.
1: (laughs) Yes. (laughs) I guess it's an obvious joke, but still
0: funny. So it is kind of playing into, even in the 1979, the macho-ness that he had. But again, he only he was only in that movie, Rocky, was his biggest hit, Paradise Alley and Fist. Do you think they would have called the movie Fist? I know it stands for the... Um, the Truckers Union. Yeah, something Truckers, International State Truckers or something like that. Uh, federal or... I, I forgot what the F stands for, but do you think if Stallone had never been in Rocky, that the acronym would have been F.I.S.T.?
1: I think so. I think I think that connection's too cerebral for most of the audiences to make. I liked Rocky. I'm going to go see this movie where he's got the F.I.S.T.
0: 1979, man. I wouldn't Or 78. I wouldn't put it past them. I, I don't know. I mean, Party Kitty and Studs was retitled The Italian Stallion. <laughs> yes.
1: Well, I almost wonder if Fist, when that project originated, and if it was before Stallone was
0: involved, I think it was his project. I think it was something that he. Wa- I think it was something that he wanted to do after Rocky.
1: He rewrote Joe Esterha's script.
0: Oh, that's right.
1: He made half a million dollars for writing and acting in
0: that movie. He was hot stuff, man. Yeah, he wrote an Oscar winner. I think when they made Fist, I think I think there was a part of them that thought that we have another. We got another contender.
1: Next time I talk to Joe Asterhaus, I'll have to ask him what his original script was titled.
0: Have you spoken to him before? No. <laughs> You've spoken to some authors and stuff. I wouldn't be surprised. So
1: I would like to speak to Joe Asterhaus just because he's such a character.
0: So now we've got Sly in his dressing room. He's oh. a course to set it up. We have a bunch of female fans have come in to you know, to gush over Sylvester Stallone in the, ch- in the change room. He's uh, just thinking about his lines and the next part of his act.
7: Um, see, say sly could i have a word with you for a minute
0: oh sure scooter come on in
7: oh great you see there are a couple of your yeah. fans waiting outside who uh-huh. wa- well they're not waiting outside. well they wanted no, but, 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 uh, the really to touch, right.
0: touch me touch me please Swire. touch
8: me oh look at all the bodybuilding stuff sly has here yeah. are you really a training
0: sly they've mentioned uh, of course you got your workout equipment here which i love even back then there's a nod to his physical fitness. Yeah, yeah. And I wonder if it's the writers asking this, or, or I wonder if Sly did bring trained equipment with him. You think he brought that stationary bike? <laughs> you never know with this guy, man. I like how he poses. You know, leans back and
1: poses for Muppets.
0: That was a rough, a rough shot.
1: <laughs> and I, and I love the fact that Scooter is just as big of a fanboy.
0: <laughs> he's making money. We should say so. Scooter, he's actually sold backstage passes, which they don't officially have, but he's selling them mm-hmm. to these girls. And he's made twenty nine dollars.
1: <laughs> what is that adjusted for? Nineteen seventy nine dollars, right? You're normally pretty good with that.
0: Let's just be kind and say he's made hundred bucks. <laughs> <laughs> to take six girls around to fall Sly throughout the Muppet Show production of this episode. And yeah. So he's flexes his muscles, and one of the females says, can you touch me? So he, t- he touches her face. Like, uh, you don't write that stuff today. Yeah. <laughs> Are you
4: really a training, Sly? Well, no, not really. I mean, I'm not really a fighter. I made a movie about fighting, but I like to uh, work out and keep in shape. Yeah!
0: So right there, listening audience, you just heard them squeal because he says he likes to work out and stay in shape, and he flexed his muscles for the girls. A little, a little gun show. Doug, you're aware of those gun shows, aren't you? Yeah, but I don't do those gun shows. That's kind of embarrassing. Uh, you, know, you might not do it on purpose, but they come out naturally. Oh, well. <laughs> I can see Craig's eyes say, Ryan, shut up. Okay. <laughs>
2: was this the part that was in Rocky 3? Yes. Wasn't it? The very small, like, two second clip that we saw of it
0: that's right so in the beginning of rocky 3 there's a montage that shows rocky's rise and fame and stardom which of course mirrors stallone's actual rise and star uh, fandom and and what have you and frank oz who does the voice of kermit he came jim in henson. Fr- jim henson sorry what are, Oh, frank oz jim henson jim henson oh, did kermit that's right frank oz did piggy
1: piggy mm-hmm. grover yoda Wolf
0: yes yes, yes. <laughs> yeah anyway so yeah that's right frank oz and he's a movie director too of all things he directed the score with marlon brando in
1: marlon brando's <laughs> oh. last movie
0: yeah yeah that's weird my apologies jim henson of course the creator of the muppets he did post-production recording in the rocky 3 film to say and welcome our guest rocky balboa and so they did that for post-production so it was say Rocky Balboa from the Rocky 3 movie though it was Sylvester Stallone footage in the real world in 1979 so little little mm-hmm. trivia for you. Alright here we go let's finish this skit off here hey, Could you show us a few punches? Yes. Review
1: anything okay? Oh, okay girls oh, you hear that?
0: Punch oh, oh, oh. it! This, this is a jab
4: like, oh,
1: oh, 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 oh. Yeah. Okay, This is
4: a one two oh, oh, oh. okay, This is a big combination One, two, and here it comes. Oh! (laughs)
3: Oh, Can
4: I have your autograph? Me too! Me too! too. Me
3: too! too. Me
4: too! (laughs) Hi, Ted. points, how long do you have some left hook?
0: (laughs) All right, so the punchline, excuse the pun there, was that (laughs) someone... <laughs> My little dad joke there was funnier than that whole skit. I guess the skit itself was just showing these girls gushing over Sly, and then they said, "Hey, do you want to see me do some Rocky punches on this punching bag?" So he does. He does a left jab. He does a one-two, and then he does a combo. Then he does a big right or left, whatever hook. And the punching bag it comes back as a character. It says, "Boy, I want your autograph too because you punch great." Gear Stallone looks at the camera and goes, "Oh, this place is silly." <laughs> why the costume change wouldn't it be better to do
1: the work on the stationary bike in that black (laughs) t-shirt
0: when you're sylvester sloan you will work out in any way shape or form good question about the costume change so far listeners another skit has come up we see stallone of course the character slash actor in the muppet show here, backstage again he's backstage more than he's on camera well i don't remember how the muppet show worked necessarily with all the guests I think this might have been a, a bit of both because we see them as them when they're in behind the curtain because when they're in front of the curtain they're actually playing a character like they do on Saturday Night Live so we see a lot of the uh, actual person play, so to speak play with the muppets in between uh, performances at the muppets because the muppets are also on stage so it's an ongoing thing so when he when he's in the dressing room we're led to believe there's a, another performance happening on the stage at the, at that same time by a muppet we're just led to believe he's just either left the stage doing a show or he's about to get ready and, and then we have this character come on I forget his name but he'll say it and so we'll just play it it's the uh, handsome pig I don't know if you ever watched uh, the Muppets when the pig's in space he was one he's the captain I think of pigs in space yeah
1: he let Sly use his dressing room
0: I think this is one of the worth playing just all the way through
4: hello hello Sue. are you decent no but my folks were come on in <laughs> Rumor has it that there are a bunch of groupies loose in the theater. Oh, really? Yeah. You, uh, think I'm safe here? Yeah, I think can you can mm. rest You know, I noticed when you when you came here, you didn't arrive with much baggage. Yeah, that's me. I travel light, no yeah. baggage, on the yeah, go. Yeah, that's you. <laughs> Traveling light, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, listen, if you need anything... You just let me know, huh? Well, thanks a lot, Link. I appreciate it. Mm-hmm. For instance, I mean, if you wanted my aftershave lotion, it's in the right-hand drawer. Well, thanks, Link, but I don't. Yeah, my it. cologne is in the left drawer. Oh, thank you, Link. And the scented body talc is above the mirror. Now, well, Link, you sure treat yourself well, you know that? Oh, can't complain, you know. Us guys, you got to stay fit, you know. what's this? Just... Oh, oh, oh. oh. Hey, Link. See, what's the matter? What's the matter? Oh. No. I got it. Oh, tell me the worst. Did he mark me? Yeah, a little bit, I'm afraid. Oh, no. Hey, Link, 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 Link. Uh, don't cry. Don't feel bad. Uh, you Still smell nice.
0: This pig thinks that the groupies that are let loose. In the backstage is, is for him. So he's uh, also giving sly advice on how to smell more meanly or mainly mm-hmm. with cologne and deodorant and what have you. And and then he trips on himself, gives himself a black eye, which is a likely excuse. Like, hey, where'd you get that black eye? I, I tripped. And anyways, there you go. That was the skit. And I had nothing on it. <laughs> it was a really flat sketch. I think the idea is that it's a pig who considers himself handsome. And he's comparing notes with the real-life handsome man of of Stallone. And And also also thinks
1: he smells good.
0: So when the pig turns his head, Sly goes, Ooh, he stinks for real. Another crazy moment behind the curtain. Hmm. Are we torturing our audience yet? Because Saturday Night Live looks like freaking Monty Python's meaning of (laughs) life compared to... (laughs) I understand this is a family show and it's it's a little bit of zany silliness. Uh there's still definitely adult humor. Craig was saying a kid could watch this just for the antics and the silliness of the puppets, but the nuances and stuff that a lot of a lot of kids might miss. I really thought that we would do a whole episode on this. Well, whoever suggested it. that I was like, "No, no, no. This won't take long cuz there's only a few skits that slides actually in." Well, yeah.
1: oh, here's spotsy for you.
0: This is the funniest part of the show Was this bit With Fozzie and the, and the unused robot From a previous skit The robot comes back Long story short Fozzie the bear Had to find a female participant To be sawed in half And nobody would want to volunteer Because they all knew that Fozzie You know Is a horrible magician And he would probably saw you in half For, for real So they actually donated This poor robot To be sawed in half Because it, Lo and behold Fozzie does Saw her in half He, he gets electrocuted for it I don't know. <laughs> Listen to you. (laughs) I think it's fantastic. (laughs) I love it. The old guys, I love their comments after.
4: What did you think? Shocking. (laughs) Yes, but was it funny?
0: Of course not. That'd really be shocking. (laughs) (laughs) What are the names again, Craig?
1: Dadler and Waldorf. (laughs)
0: <laughs> I love it. It's, it's ingenious to have two characters who make fun of the program that you're showing the audience, like us, the TV viewers. <laughs> just a heckle. Yeah, but I love that they heckled the show that we we're watching. We just watched that skin as an audience, and we got these two guys. <laughs> what, did you think it was funny? No, that would be more shocking. <laughs>
9: <laughs>
2: uh, I tell you, the brains behind the Muppet Show, man—they were—they were geniuses.
0: It's pretty good. That's pretty meta to have characters make fun of the very show that they're creating that you are <laughs> watching as an audience. Okay, so here we go. Very here nice. is uh, Stallone in some sort of—it's got a mobster fedora on, and he's got barber quartet type outfit. Yeah, yeah, like an early 1900s barber. Yeah, he's got a beer in his hand, which he never drinks from because that probably would have broken the standards for a family show. So here's the song they sing, and I forget the name of it, but...
7: And here once again, ladies and gentlemen, our very special guest star, Sylvester Stallone.
4: (laughs) The ballroom was filled with fashion's throng. It shone with a thousand lights. And there was a woman who passed along the fairest of all the sights. A girl to her lover then softly cried, there's riches at her command. But she married for wealth and not for love, though she lives in a mansion grand. She's only a bird in a gilded cage. A
6: beautiful sight to see, sight to see, you may think she's happy and free from care, she's not, though she seems to be,
0: seems to be. It's horrible. He does like a sing talk, and I hope Frank made fun of him. I'll give him something. The guy can wear hats. <laughs> they just heard that sing talking. And then when it comes to the actual chorus, all the Muppets who can sing, sing to kind of drown out Sly's terrible singing <clears> voice. <throat> but Sly, for whatever reason, bless his heart, he just can't let it go. He sang in Rhinestone. He sings mm-hmm. on the Muppet Show. He sang in Rocky a few times.
2: He sang the credits song to one of the, I think one of the movies we covered.
1: Well, Paradise that? Alley, he sang the opening. Oh,
0: Oh, that's, yeah, yeah. Did he sing in Lords of Flatbush? Yeah, he sang at the, at the table there the, inside the oh, ice cream yeah. parlor. <laughs> you remember Lords of Flatbush, guys? Ooh. For those listening that have never
1: seen it and have only heard our reviews, here in the States at least, Lords of Flatbush is now available on Prime Video.
0: Oh, Wow. They must have got a licensing agreement because I forget what what channel I have here in Canada, but I saw that it was available on one of my movie channels. Maybe it's making a comeback. Laura's a flapwish. Check it out. (laughs) (laughs) Or don't. I think the thing with the singing
1: is it's the one thing that Frank does better than him. Sly's older than Frank, right? He's the older brother. Mm -hmm. Uh, Right now, Mike Kunda's yelling at his his listening device, and you call yourself a fan podcast network.
0: No, no. We're not a Wikipedia. We're fans.
1: Sly's the older brother.
0: Yeah, I think so. You're right, yes. Yeah, yeah. You can cut all this out during the edit. Please do. Ourselves. <laughs> oh, no. You guys made fun of me for not knowing uh, yaka, yaka, yaka. Well,
1: uh, it's waka, waka, waka. Come on, man. No, but I think that's the thing with Sly. Is it just? I think it still bothers him to this day, probably, that Frank is such a talented singer and that the one thing Frank can hold over him.
0: I totally agree. Speaking of which, and just today, for example, I googled uh, Frank Stallone's net worth. So Sly's, as you know, is close to $500 million. Mm-hmm. Now, Frank will always have more money and fame than I'll ever have, but he, his is 2500000 $2.5 million. Two and a half? Yeah. I, I just figured, you know, just being an actor and having the music that he sold alone, I just figured it would be, I think Robert Tepper might have a bigger net worth. <laughs> wow
3: to say goodbye because we don't have time for
7: anything else to say but before we go let's have a one last round of applause for the one and only
4: sylvester
3: Stallone.
4: well kermit i had a great time i only hope i didn't hurt the talking punching bag
5: hey, hey come on stallone give us one for old time's sake
4: okay
10: (laughs) <laughs>
3: oh,
5: no. Hey
3: Stallone, my kind of guy <laughs> <laughs> That's it for now We'll see you next time on Show You've been a wonderful laugh
0: track. Bye, It's funny, the punching bag says Hey Stallone, one more for good luck or whatever Old times sake And then he gets punched, the punching bag And then he goes, Stallone, my type of guy It's weird to call, keep calling by his last name Yeah, Even if it was like Schwarzenegger, hey, Schwarzenegger, hey, Willis for Bruce Willis. It's a weird, they kept calling him Stallone. If I was on a guest show, I I wouldn't want them to keep calling me Rebalkin. Hey, Hey, Well, yeah, that's my last name. It's a weird thing to keep calling me by my last name, but in this skit at least. But I think they did it a few times. They never called him Sylvester. I don't know if that was purposefully done. This might have been before his Sly days, too. I don't think it was called Sly. Some people are more identified by their last name, too. Ready to look at some Saturday Night Live?
2: It'll be a refreshing breath of air compared to what we just watched.
1: It's frustrating because the Muppets put Stallone on the air in 1979, and it took Stallone until 97 to host Saturday Night Live. Arguably in the 80s, he's one of the biggest stars of the 1980s. SNL never asked him to be on.
0: Maybe they did, and he turned it down. Good observation, and I have a couple theories. I think one maybe would be that he would have seen, as many people did back then, not a lot of actors, but the crossover between TV and movie was kind of a uh, no-no. When you were a movie star, you did not go to the TV screen. It was kind of like the two worlds should not meet. But now with streaming services and HBO-type shows and cable shows becoming higher quality than a lot of movies, for actors, Hollywood actors or big screen actors, I should say, coming down to us little lowly TV productions, it's not frowned upon anymore. In fact, it's almost the opposite. Having a TV contract is almost more lucrative than a movie contract.
1: Now, I don't remember really SNL in the 80s in terms of how much promotion celebrities were doing when they hosted it. Wasn't SNL always like a promo vehicle for whoever the host was?
0: Yeah, and I I only use that as the TV movie thing, so I don't know if Sly himself just fawned at the idea, or maybe he thought he wasn't capable of doing comedy. He's a rhinestone. So, again, I don't know if he ever thought he could do comedy. I think SNL, I
1: mean, they never had the Ramones on either. SNL has just made some really shitty decisions over the 40-plus year career.
0: Yeah, it's a combination of who's willing to go on. Obviously, it's a volunteer. Like it, so it's who are they reaching out to and who's asking to go on. I don't know how it works. Like I don't know if it's a bit of both. What's the likelihood that they invited him and he turned them down? Maybe. Because this appearance, like, now it's kind of like he needs them now no, a little
1: bit. I think you're 100% right there, Ryan. And he didn't need to promote Rocky Four. Rocky Four was going to do the box office it did with or without SNL. Whereas Copland, especially with Miramax, who knows, this might have even been like something that Harvey and Bob Weinstein came up with. You know, it's part of the whole marketing package they put together when they released a the movie. Miramax was really good at releasing movies. And in 2020, it's hard to talk about what a juggernaut miramax was without it being overshadowed by the horrible things that harvey weinstein did i mean they knew how to release a movie and they knew how to take a movie and have it make a lot of money unfortunately it didn't work with copland but this was obviously part of the plan because there's even that one skit where jim brewer jokes about sly getting an oscar nomination for yeah that was the hope
0: yeah, and I, I know I cringe when I hear it because it's a little bit of that life and art art life where I think I think Jim Brewer is an actual legitimate fan of Sly. I don't mm-hmm. know if that was written or if that was a little bit of improv or a little bit of both. But I know there's a part of Sly at this time where he probably couldn't help but think, yeah, that'd be great. And we should note that Sly, 1997, would have been 51, if I know my math is right. You no, know, because he was born in 46, wasn't he? Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, he would have been about
2: 51. He said something pretty telling in the opening monologue here, too. (laughs) Okay.
5: (laughs) That's it. Okay. Welcome to the season premiere of Saturday Night Live, the beginning of its 23rd season, folks. Okay? Really. I'm really, really, really happy to be here. Really happy to be here because it's a time in my life to be taking chances in my career. So, I'm doing more thoughtful movies like Copland, and now I'm... (laughs) And now doing live TV. Well, it's not that I was leery about doing live TV until I saw ER uh, two nights ago. Did you you
2: see that? Whoa, I mean, I I, I can't... Well, that was the moment I was referring to when he said... Go, like stepping out of my comfort zone, doing more thoughtful movies like Copland. And then he like waits for a reaction.
1: I think it was just a way to get Copland in there. And mm-hmm. he didn't go on to make more thoughtful movies. He made shit like Driven. He, so, I mean, that's the
2: thing. Like if that was his goal, he wanted to take his career into a new direction by doing things like Copland and live TV. It kind of ended with live TV here, didn't it?
1: Well, this is actually probably the most important Year in Stallone's post-Rocky life Mm -hmm. or career in terms of his career because this is the moment where things could have gone really different for the next 10 years. Mm -hmm. And it all falls on the failure of Copland.
0: And
5: figure out what the...
0: Okay, so for our listening audience, just so they can see what's going on. So a bell has been rung. You'd heard that. And you've got Jim Brewer, the very talented. I love Jim Brewer. He is he's, amazing. I
1: mean, this episode is the episode because of Jim Brewer. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I agreed. Every skit that Jim is in, he is. And funny enough, I think Jim only did one season. This was this season. He steals the show when he's on stage. Every skit that he's in
2: is Jim Brewer's skit.
0: Oh, he's hilarious. And I recommend going yeah. on YouTube if, you, if people don't want to – Take our word for it. Put a Jim Brewer on YouTube, and you can see some of his skits. Hilarious physical comedy voices. Uh, yeah, he does some great great stuff. Anyway, so he, he's doing Mickey here. <laughs> he does it great. Yeah, let's play that. So he's pep-talking Stallone. Yeah, he, he he interrupts the monologue. Yeah.
5: So, yeah. Get that high, balloon cup, man. You're trapped.
0: You, you, so he said there it was kind of hard to hear because the sound quality is not great. It's from a VHS tape. But he says, forget that cop land, highfalutin ER crap. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I, love I love it. the fact that Sly addresses him as Mickey. <laughs> yeah. Like it's the character of Mickey, it's not Burgess Meredith, it's Mickey. In <laughs> a rift in the space time continuum or whatever, and the character of Mickey.
2: Well, he becomes Rocky in, in these <laughs> moments because Mickey's calling him Rock. So he becomes Rocky in these moments. What
5: are you doing back here, Mick? I missed Mr. rock. Down, you dirty rock. Well, you know, I, so, so how do you think I'm doing? I mean, I, it's, you're stinking out the joint, Rock. <laughs> You're getting killed to death out there! Are you kidding me? What are you talking about? I'm doing fine, Mick. You gotta go with what got you here, Kurt. You're a gorilla! Talk like a gorilla. People love girl. Come on. I didn't wait 20 years to get here
0: making it sound stupid. You're sticking up the joint, I love that. <laughs> <laughs> You're getting killed to death out there. <laughs> because you need to talk like an act like a gorilla. <laughs> I'm not sure how that's going to save his hosting abilities. <laughs> Even within the Saturday Night Live skit, there's so much meta in this episode. And I wonder how much of that Sly brought to the table because he's a writer. And I know with the Saturday Night Live writing staff, and what better the host, the better the writing, right? the better involvement the host has and the more willing that the host will be to make fun of themselves of course the staff loves and this is where i give full credit to sly he owned every excuse the pun every jab thrown his way by the writing staff he owned it and he would have had to authorize every joke that the guest host is in on is authorized by them like they're in the they'll say hey how do you feel about this how do you feel about this and i think Stallone, to his credit, gave carp launch to these guys to say, tear me a new one, like a roast, almost.
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah. and and I think the key example is later on in the episode yeah. when Jim Brewer points out how small he is.
0: There's so yeah. many bits, there's so many great stuff. There's no way that Sly would have... That, yeah, He they, wasn't, they, wasn't just, caught off guard by any of that stuff. Exactly, exactly.
3: Hmm, <laughs> I want you, Stallone!
1: I want That's J.C. Morgan!
0: That's Tracy Morgan as Mr. T, yeah. I
10: had
1: no idea he did such a good Mr. T.
0: <laughs> it's great. Tracy Morgan, early days of uh, Tracy Morgan, love it.
5: I pity the fool. I pity any fool that's gotta watch you do. I'm on a log. I want you. I want to rematch Trump. I want you, sucker. Get out of here,
0: you missing link, yeah. Calls <laughs> calls Mr. T the missing link. <laughs> Holy jeez. <laughs> I, I don't know if you can write that today.
2: No, that doesn't fly today. <laughs>
0: No, you go
5: get them, kid, make them rock. Okay. Okay.
0: So the crowd like that.
5: So anyway, campaign finance reform seems to have stalled on Capitol Hill, so.. I'm the you I'm talking about, Mick. I'm
0: doing good. I'm doing great out there. I'm trying my best. So, yeah, Sly, uh, well, it comes second nature to him at this point. He's done five Rocky films. He really does almost just sound like Rocky right there again. He's got that Rocky kind of tone in his voice. It, he does the Sly monologue, but the moment he goes back to Mickey, you kind of hear that Rocky inflection that he does in his voice. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you guys caught that. It's, it's a silly little thing, but it's it's great. He embraces this whole skip by playing kind of like the... Come on, Mick. I'm doing great out there. What are you talking about?
5: Yeah, great. Are you kidding me? Now look, kid. You got to give the people what they want. What they want to hear. Yeah? They don't want to hear your thoughts on politics. No? You're a big, dumb animal. Yeah.
0: <laughs> You're a big, dumb animal. He's like, yeah, yeah, I am. <laughs>
5: A no-good punk fighter that they fell in love with 21 years ago. So this is what you're going to do. You're going to pull your
8: socks off, kid. You crazy, greasy Italian tank.
5: And remember that Mickey loves you, kid. I love
0: you. I love you. The character, Mickey here, is telling me they, they don't want to hear about Copland. So, again, it's a little bit of real life and meta, and mm-hmm. the crowd doesn't want to hear about Copland. Give them what they want. Give, them Give them what, them what they want. want. <laughs> they want to see something. We already hear, the, of course, the rocky piano by Bill Conti playing in the background.
5: Help make me proud,
1: It's like you turned the hat around there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: That's great, though. Him yelling, yo, Adrian, I did it in 1997. That's pretty cool. It's remarkable. 21 years after the first Rocky
2: and, what, seven years since the last one, this is what the people want. (laughs) It is. It really is what the people want. Rocky made such an imprint.
0: Still to this freaking day, you still see it. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it's it's insa- Yeah, it's amazing it, Of note here, what's interesting This was 21 years after the original Rocky Which back then was like a lifetime ago 21 mm-hmm. years, 5 movies Now since this, we've had Part 6, Creed's 1 and 2 And it's been 27 years Since this mm-hmm. Oh sorry, 23, 23 years 23 years But still, 23 years, yeah
1: Yeah, still 2 years more than Where he was removed from Rocky Yeah, it blows, yeah. My it blows my
0: mind, blows my mind Okay, so we'll just keep playing. Then there's a little scene here. We don't It's a visual only, so we'll just keep playing. We got the second
1: MVP of the episode.
0: <laughs> yeah, so Chris Kattan is dressed up in a very close image of Talia Shire as Adrian.
1: I read Chris Kattan's book recently. He covers this entire episode in the book. There's a lot of Stallone talk in the book. I'm a Chris Kattan fan. I think he's a funny guy, and I think his story is really inspiring, considering he broke his neck on the set of Saturday Night Live and hit it from everyone for years and it pretty much ended his career oh, wow! Uh, but either way if you're at all interested in chris Catan as a performer and want some insight into what went on during this episode he covers it in a chapter of the book did
2: he break his neck doing that head bob from the night at the roxbury
1: no actually there was a golden girl sketch hmm. that they did and he played one of the golden girls and he had to throw himself off of a chair backwards. Oh, geez. And he hit his head. And it wasn't a gimmick chair. It was like a real, like, steel chair. Okay. Um, and he expressed concern about it at the time, but of course went ahead and did it anyway.
0: Okay, so this skit here, I skipped. A little bit of the beginning, Sherry O'Terry. She was one of my favorite cast members. I love her. The and meatball
1: like, samples. Oh, <laughs> the meatballs on the porch.
0: <laughs> and I should note this cast was great even back in '97. This was after the Adam Sandler, Chris Farley, uh, Chris Rock, Dana Carvey, Phil Hartman, Will Ferrell. Of course, getting to his own. Tracy Morgan, Sherry O'Terry. Yeah, uh, and you have the guy that played Clinton too. Uh, what Bill, was his uh, name? D- Daryl Daryl
1: Hammond. Hammond. Uh, yeah,
0: some great, so great cast. And I had a crush on Sherry O'Terry. She always played crazy characters. I liked her. I liked her style. Liked her comedy. Mm-hmm. But here she is playing kind of a Italian wife to uh, Stallone's character, like a mobster guy. He, he just bought a new car and he brings home the new car to her. She pushed hard to be that Adrian character in the opening,
2: the monologue. <laughs> but they gave, they thought it would be funnier if Catan did it.
0: Oh, really? I, I think that was a good call. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was for comedic purposes. Was a good call. Yes. Yeah, She gets she gets a lot of Stallone time here though. So again, the setup is Stallone's Italian mafia type. Character, trailer park version of an Italian mafia guy. Doesn't uh, he
1: look like Adam Sandler here?
0: Yeah. yeah, maybe a mixture of Bobby and Adam Sandler. Yeah. Okay, so. so play
2: like an old Long Island uh, Italian couple, right? Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm.
0: yeah.
5: Hey, hey, what family doesn't have a new caddy with a passenger side airbag for my passenger side windbag? Oh, hey. You're back, you're
8: back,
5: you're back. hey, 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 really, go over there and feel the thing. See, it feels just like my chest, the oh, interior. See, go ahead. Will you take me for a ride, Mr. Delvecchio? I'll take you for a ride on the tip of my shoe. Get out of here and keep the meatballs away from the cops.
0: Though this is comedic effect, right? But this is a thrown together costume where he's playing some sort of mafia type guy. Imagine, that they, again, they gave him a serious role of playing some sort of mafia guy in a, in a big budget mm-hmm. movie. Even with this like silly caricature of a mob guy, just twist a little bit, make it serious. He could have done it. It just yeah. oh, it angers me that he just never did, like, a Al Pacino-type movie.
1: You know what's amazing? How did he not show up on The Sopranos? David Chase seems like he's a bright enough guy to understand what Stallone's capable of. It's amazing that he didn't get to pop up on screen. I mean, little Stevie, you know, ended up having an incredible run on that show. Incredible. It kind of established him as an actor. And Stallone was at a point in his career too where that's the kind of call that he could get, you know, or should have gotten, right?
2: Yeah, plenty of those movies are they have a stereotypical Italian looking cast. He could easily pull it off. What's looks looks the, the part, part? Yeah. Even with the, the way he mumbles, he can do that kind of dialogue too.
0: Oh, he has fun doing the over the top type Italian yeah. accent or whatever the Pun intended.
1: You know what's funny about
0: Over the Top? How many times Over the Top is said during a Stallone podcast? (laughs) It's weird. (laughs) But overall, this skit was kind of weak. It's not a very strong skit. Well, the joke is the
1: characters. And once you get past the joke of the stereotypical Italian characters, that's the sketch
2: but I like his over-the-top Italian guy in this sketch. Like, the sketch in itself is okay, but him, he makes the sketch. His mannerisms. He's like the Jim Brewer of this sketch. He steals this one.
1: Oh, and this is where he makes the Frank Stallone joke, right? Yeah. Going to take her over the bridge to see uh, Frank?
2: Oh, it's after the uh, the neighbor leaves.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: (laughs) (laughs) But I actually watched this whole thing front end, and one for nostalgia purposes, just to see what some of the pop culture references were 23 years ago. And the Weekend Update by Norm McDonald. Okay, Norm McDonald, I freaking love Norm McDonald. I don't know if you guys are fans of him. I love his oh. humor. I love his deliveries, his insight. And everything that Norm does just makes me laugh. And I think he was horribly underused and underrated as the Weekend Update correspondent. I think Norm Michaels and him didn't get along to understand Norm is to love him and I don't think he got along with a lot of people because he's just Norm McDonald but and his jokes were brutal in a good way like yeah. mm-hmm. they're just scathing oh man so yeah. anyways
1: I had a a run in with Norm McDonald I didn't meet him quote unquote per se but living in, in Las Vegas when you walk through casinos you're apt to see somebody who's recognizable whether it's a D-list celebrity or somebody who's in town for work
0: okay
1: we went and saw the the newest star wars at the time which was the first jj abrams one the um the force Force awakens Awakens. and we went and saw it probably like a full month after it had opened we went to a really late we went to like the 11 o'clock show at the orleans norm was doing stand-up that weekend and we get out of the movie and you know it's 2.30 in the morning or whatever there was a huge entourage of people like walking towards us I said to my wife I said I wonder who that could be and we walked by and it was Norm McDonald who had done a show that night at the Orleans I might have said hi Norm or something like that but nobody stopped at any point I mean we both kept walking and but it was pretty cool I was probably within arm's length of Norm McDonald
0: Hmm. wow talk about meta (laughs) I just looked over at my phone and one of my Twitter followers just retweeted Norm Macdonald. Is that weird? Oh that wow! Is that weird Shit. when that kind of stuff happens? Anyways, yeah. And talking about how
1: things look in retrospect, all that Richard Jewell stuff is really weird, man. Oh
0: yes, thank you for reminding me of that. Yeah. So on this episode of the one that reviews Sly, the real Richard, Richard Jewell, Jewell is on
1: it twice. He's in the opening sketch. Oh, and then they use him again for the in the news segment where they make a joke about. Him. Mm-hmm. him being involved in the death of princess Diane. Yes. like
0: <laughs> norm mcdonald crack that goes well, you know i think it's your fault that princess diet is dead <laughs> well the setup was great because he's did
1: you hear about that car crash which <laughs> killed princess diet he's like you know it killed two other people as well and that's sort of how norm sets him up for it. i'm amazed that richard Jewell was game for that i mean his life was ruined by the accusation of him being the bomber in atlanta and then he decides to i guess play along and joke Crazy. about um, possibly being involved in the death of Princess Di. But the opening sketch is actually pretty funny, where like he gets once a week, he gets to come by and punch Janet Reno in the gut.
0: This was a very strong episode. <laughs> the non stolen skits were just as fun and to watch as they were with the stolen skits. This is an incredible episode. It was funny, front end, no boring uh, skit that I could see. Even the Weekend Update was funny. The girl that did the guest spot singing, she was funny on it. It was, if you can find this, guys, uh, on the internet. It's, it's a good 1-hour uh, episode. Okay, here we go. So we have a and crash. this is
1: where Sly really gets beat up in this sketch coming up.
0: And it's done by none other than Norm McDonald <laughs> <The laughs> Norm his. <Macdonald>. His deliveries <laughs> Only he could do this one. Yes, his deliveries of this skit. I think we're just going to have to play it so that, and this is an audible one. So Basically what's happened is, is yeah, a car crash has happened and Sly happens to be in the area. He's a first responder. He's there to comfort and help the injured people in the car while uh, help arrives and and Norm Macdonald says what he says. Just check it out. He's one of the people that's hurt in the car.
5: Oh, my God. Is everyone all right? Everyone, help. Help. Oh, my God. I'm sorry. I didn't see you. Oh, come on. Come on. Go. Go, go get an ambulance, please. Aren't you Sylvester Stallone? Yes, yes, yes. Come on. Come on. Come on. <laughs> Sir,
10: are you all right? Uh, uh, what happened?
5: I love you. You're all right, sir. Now, everything's going to be fine. Fine.
10: I saw white light and i felt this inner peace uh-huh. i thought i was going to heaven but then that guy from that horrible movie rhinestone showed up what He's
8: <laughs> alone he's trying to help
10: us look you'll be fine you're just a little shaken up okay uh uh-huh, great i don't know which is worth being in this accident or being helped by the star of judge dread <laughs> don't
1: the <laughs> one <laughs> Judge Dredd was still fairly recent at that point. That is Two an years open old. wound. Two years old. Two years old.
0: And funny enough, starring Rob Steve Schneider Rob from Saturday Night Live. And I guarantee you it was Norm that wrote this. <laughs> yeah, Because his delivery is his writing. It has to be. It keeps going. <laughs> and I want to say before it gets to it, just because I don't want to stop it. When he gets into digging on Over the Top, I cheered because I'm like, yes, I told you guys. <laughs> I told you. I wish I was just as funny as him because when we did that review of Over the Top, this is what I should have said. It's yeah. There's an ambulance
10: coming. Please. Thank you so much. You're very kind. Oh, no, it's okay. Uh, he's not that kind. Did you see Cobra? Uh, you know...
5: That movie actually got very screwed up in the, uh, editing. Gah!
10: what's wrong? What's wrong? What's wrong? I just remembered staying alive! Oh, hey, come on! <laughs> Listen, he's trying to be nice. Oh, uh, yeah,
5: okay, fine. How are you doing, madam?
8: My arm hurts.
10: Oh, really? Can you move your fingers?
8: Oh, God, paradise, Valley sucks. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to say that. Uh...
10: Oh, don't be sorry The guy stole two hours of your life Oh, come on, that's enough I'm trying to help you Yeah. Uh, I'm getting I'm getting dizzy from the blood well, loss
5: okay let, let, let me just put the pressure on there That's all right You're gonna be okay You're gonna be okay
10: I'm bleeding pretty badly <laughs> Oh, lately. everything's gonna be fine I'm here for you Let me ask you something mm-hmm? What were you thinking When you made Over the Top? What? Over the Top? I mean, you had to arm wrestle The guy for the custody of your son For God's sake to save your energy I mean, did you actually get that script and go around telling people, hey, this is a good one? Oh, come on, just drop it, please. No, no, you're right, you know. It was an excellent movie, now that I think about it. After all, you know, it does combine the emotional drama of a of a custody child hearing with uh, arm wrestling. That's enough! Whoa, <laughs> oh, hey, hey, remember that movie Kramer versus yes. Kramer? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was about child custody, too. Yeah, yeah but it, it wasn't that good. It was... I don't know it was missing something, you know, I, Yeah, what was it missing? I can't... Oh, wait, I know. Arm wrestling. <laughs> Shut up! <laughs> <laughs> hey, what the
5: hell are you doing? You're punching a car accident victim. No, 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 you don't understand. He was
7: bad-mouthing my film. The man is injured and he happens to think Tango and Cash is jackass, but no. you hit him? <laughs>
5: he didn't mention Tango and Cash, wait, okay? Somebody just tell my husband. Uh, oh, I think
10: this guy's dying. all right, all right everyone clear. No. I'm losing him. Stop. <laughs> Stop! Stop! Or my mom will shoot. Suck. What
5: what did
10: he say? (laughs) I I couldn't hear him. Did
3: you hear him?
5: Yeah. What What did
3: he say?
10: Stop! Or my mom will shoot. Suck.
3: Wait! 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 Everyone! Shh! (laughs) Shh!
5: What did he say? He said, "Stop! Or my mom shoot. Suck!"
8: It's okay. Listen, you've comforted my husband in the last minutes of his life. That's a noble thing
3: let's stop or
7: my mom will shoot my that experience okay. right. wait, wait wait everyone he, he's holding on to something it's it's a videotape it's it's rambo right. i guess he liked your work after all really it really means a lot to me. oh wait wait actually no it's a, it's a porn film it's rambo it's rambo <laughs>
5: all right let's
7: clear out everyone nothing to see you, you want this yeah you can have it
5: let's, let's move
7: it out
0: that's a great classic skit. And I, there's nothing said there that's not, that's not true. <laughs> <laughs> there's a 51-year-old slide. You no, know, he's mid-age at this point, at least. I wonder what he's thinking. As he, we know that he's able to make fun of himself, but there's still got to be a part of him as an artist that... Maybe this is clearing him a little bit. Of, yeah, if, if you can make fun of yourself, it takes the sting out of other people doing it, maybe.
1: There's a pretty deep cut there when they talk about Cobra, how that movie sort of got screwed up in the editing which I thought was a very sort of deep, deep cut. I mean, that's for, like, the real big Stallone fans.
0: That's what I mean. This episode placates fans of Sly, enemies of Sly, in a sense, but people that know his movies and know the background, what, like, you hear that, you hear Sly say that, you know that was him bringing that to the table. But it's yeah. used as a, as, a, as a joke plot device, but at the same time, it's also telling a bit of truth. Yeah, the movie got messed up and editing; wasn't quite the vision we had. Ah! He's like, well, I, remember- <laughs> <laughs> I remember. whatever the movie said there. Staying so, alive. Staying alive, yeah.
1: <laughs> Which is another one. That one he he wrote and directed. He yeah. wasn't even on camera in that one. Mm-hmm. So, like, there's some deep stuff there. And then I like how Stallone bungles the line of his own movie. Yeah. 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 Stop
2: for my mom shoot.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> but what he yells sucked. yeah yeah. stop or my mom well the other thing i
1: noticed here is things i always pick up on when i watch snl is you always watch how much the guest host depends on the the cue cards Mm, and there aren't a lot of moments in this episode where you see stallone looking off camera at those cue cards and i guess that's either him being invested in the episode or it not really being challenging for him to memorize whatever you had to memorize but well, um, sketch. that sketch, he did it a lot. Yeah. and that, in one, a, did, in that yeah. one.
0: So how do you want to speak right. to this one? This one's a really 90% visual. So how it's do you want visual. to set it up for the listener?
1: It's the, you know, Night at the Roxbury, basically, with Stallone learning how to dance. Very Rocky-centric. There's a pretty funny psych gag here where they're at the bar and they do the big reveal. You know it's Stallone because they picked him up already. He turns around and he cracks the egg into the glass and, mm-hmm. and takes the gulp of it. And then we learn that he's a terrible dancer. Until the end. Yeah, and then the sketch is just basically him getting, I guess, the eye of the dancing tiger back.
2: Well, yeah, he goes to dancing lessons with Daryl Hammond, who teaches him
0: how to bob his head. (laughs) (laughs) I just can't believe they made a whole movie out of these two guys.
1: Look at Chris Kattan compared to Stallone.
0: Yeah, so he's short, Chris Kattan. He yeah, must be 5'5", I, mean, I think, 5'5". Five, five yeah,
1: and I mean, Will Farrell is, what, six six three, maybe? 6'2", or 3", yeah. 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 He's a big dude. And that's the one thing that I find most interesting, and we're going to see it even more in the, um, the Orange Julius sketch. Mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Stallone doesn't look like as big and as imposing as he normally does on screen in this.
2: I was thinking that, too, like, what, maybe seven, eight years before this, he would have a shirt off in one of these sketches.
1: Yeah. I also wonder if he lost a ton of weight after Copland. Because yeah, he had put on, what, 40 pounds for Copland? And yeah. I think he felt horrible that whole time. So he might have gone a little crazy on the other end in terms of dropping weight. Because he's really, really slim here.
0: They've left the bar. He yells out that he can't dance. They take him away. Say, we got to train this guy how to dance. So they're back in the car listening to music. Of course, they're listening to that famous Baby Don't Hurt Me song. Now, talk about messing up the lines. I find it weird that Sly doesn't even know the lyrics to Eye of the Tiger. <laughs> He's tired of the song, Baby Don't Hurt Me, so he changes it to Eye of the Tiger. And so he starts singing, because I love the song. I know the song. That's the joke within the show, but he doesn't know the lyric. It's the one oof moment of this episode where, next to Stop <laughs> My Mum Shoot. <laughs> <laughs> He knows this is coming, dude. Just memorize the six-second portion of the song.
1: But I think it's also telling that it shows that Sly isn't as big a fan of Sly as some
0: of his fans are. Fair enough, fair enough. But, but it's it's, it's also, Eye of the Tiger. I mean, Come on,
2: you give the guy a smidgen of credit. He fumbled that stopper. My mom will shoot line. He obviously knows the name of his movie, but he fumbled it. You got one shot in front of a live audience.
0: You know, maybe he just fumbled this. I think he's trying to sing and sell the song, but he, he sings like, okay, just watch. It's
1: possible he hadn't heard this in 10 years. Sure. <laughs>
0: So he's right there at the end there. rise. He got near it and he goes, rise up to the power of your rival or challenge of your rival. But he says, rise up to the power of your – and he realized because he hears the music on the stage. He said the wrong lyric and he caught himself. Like, But like a true performer, it's live. He just keeps he, energetically he, saying something. And he's playing Rocky in this sketch, right? The cleverness of this joke was the Roxy, Roxbury guys pick up Rocky. Well, well, it
1: creates this whole thing because is. Rocky the character aware of the song I have the tiger Well yes <laughs> because was playing
0: it on the radio Yeah yeah when he was training That was incidental music in the movie well don't forget Rocky's theme song was played for him twice in his movie yes (laughs) the Rocky 3 statue reveal and uh, Rocky (laughs) 5 when he got off the airplane his music his theme music was being played for him like I always said it'd be like Darth Vader every time he walks around he has some sort of band (laughs) fun
9: all
0: right I think that's about it from this skit Uh, he learns how to dance he Sly pulls off some pretty cool dance scenes at the end of the skit Uh, but other than that I don't know if there's much more that he says in the skit it's all visual. Heck, doesn't
1: um, Daryl Hammond look like the My Pillow guy there?
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> he does. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have the My Pillow guy in uh, Canada, Ryan? I've
0: seen it. Yes. Yeah. I don't have it in my head, but I've seen. It. I know the commercial. So watch slides. You're dancing gonna laugh here. a lot
1: harder to that later.
0: Okay, I will. I'll, I'll check it out. Speed of staying alive. Stallone playing, I guess, a disco yeah. Rocky. He does some good little dance moves here. Yeah. Uh, Doug, how are you as a dancer? Terrible. I'm such a white guy dancer. Joe Pesci played by Jim Brewer. I thought it was great because it was a little bit of an acknowledgement. Where was Joe Pesci for the copland call? <laughs> I don't know where they would have put him, but I would have been happy to see Joe Pesci to that already great cast of characters. They would have had to make a mini series out of it with more characters. But here we go. Here's uh, how that went down. Ladies and gentlemen Let's
8: Hold on one freaking second here. Hey hey, hey. 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 hey.
5: Joe Pesci,
8: what have you been up to? I'll tell you what I haven't been up to. Making movies with my so-called friends Like Bobby De Niro, Harvey Cartel, Ray Liotta All the Scorsese guys, you know why? because you are busy making that movie Copland wow. with you.
5: <laughs> that was a great shoot. You should have come over and hung out.
8: <laughs> I should have come and hung out. I should have been in the freaking
5: thing. Well, no. No, no, Joe, 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 Joe. Seriously, we just thought you were probably busy doing all that great stuff you've been doing.
8: Great stuff? Yeah. What great stuff? I'm doing eight heads in a duffel bag with freaking David Spade over
5: here. <laughs>
8: flat leavers all of you i'm disgusted next time you call me Mm -hmm. or else there's gonna be tremendous turmoil with all my friends call that's all i'm saying
0: that was great boy jim brewer did a great job there i wondered this was
2: a little over a month after copland came out because copland was like august and this is in september of '97, I'm wondering if Copland wasn't doing so hot, so they threw in an extra few Copland lines to kind of get the heat picked up a little bit.
0: Maybe, know. maybe it's it's too bad, boy. This is a like Craig said earlier. This was a real uh, a real make or break moment for Sly, and Sly is still relevant in the sense we got the Creed films. We just had a Rambo film. He's uh, now doing uh, Balboa Productions, and he's got the Samaritan film coming out, and he has. Another Expendables coming out, too, right? Another Expendables. So breaks my heart a little bit. I always say there's probably an alternate universe where Copland was uh, an Oscar winner. It gave him the roles that we're talking about. What other reason would there for like a 30-second Joe Pesci bit to name drop
2: Robert De Niro and Ray Liotta?
0: Cast members, again, in my little knowledge of Saturday Night Live, they really fight for their positions to get their spots. So the more stuff, the more talent you have, that's why guys like Dana Carvey were like on almost every skit. Because the more, yeah. the more you're able to do. You couldn't
1: wait for somebody to write something for you. You know, you had to generate your own content if you wanted to get. Yes. Oh, yeah. You, you wanted to be yeah. on camera.
0: Oh, yeah. Anytime you see somebody play a main part in a the skit, they wrote it. It's for them. It's to get their to get their stuff over. Really incredible way to be competitive, and you have to be or the creative juices don't flow, right? You have to almost kind of compete with the fellow staff.
1: And speaking of juices, this is my all time all time top five favorite Stallone <laughs> performance for me. I mean, this is just a brilliant brilliant sketch from beginning to end, and Stallone just crushes it as the salesman who basically gets adopted from a. An Orange Julius that closes and reopens as a computer store, and he refuses to leave. Welcome to the computer
5: station. Can I help you
0: with something? Yeah, I, uh, yeah. So we should say for our listening audience, if if they haven't seen this skit, if you can, guys, we recommend just try all you can to look for, they're hard to find Saturday Night Life skits online, but... See if you can find this whole episode or the skits that we're talking about. But Sly, he's kind of looking kind of nerdy. You'll hear the way he speaks, but he kind of looks dopey, meek, you know. um, Slouchy. Slouchy, yeah. His hair is kind of all messed up. And then you'll hear how he sounds.
7: I run a small business out of my home, and I'm looking for a personal computer with a Pentium processor.
5: Well, this computer over here really kicks ass, so will that be cash or charge? (laughs) The, this is nice, but it,
7: it doesn't have a Pentium processor. No, but you got
5: to ask yourself. In 1997, who really needs one of those Sonium processors? <laughs> Pentium processor.
7: And yes, I do. Yeah, but this computer is boss. It, it's, it, it
5: may be boss, but I, I need a, a Pentium processor. Do you even know what one is? Well, um, I've I worked in a store since it was an Orange Julius, so... No,
0: I don't... Uh... <laughs> I'm just saying he does look thinner here. Yeah, his face is very gaunt, his cheekbones and his nose, it just seems like he's just very narrow. I don't think I've seen him this narrow before. Everywhere. His shoulders, his chest, there's no like definition.
1: It's gotta be that he probably went crazy after this was probably him dropping the weight from Copland before he put the muscle back on. This is
0: probably the most human I think I've seen him. Yeah. And I say that without any uh insult. I just he just looks like a guy. It just seems very mortal here. It's interesting. Well, can I talk
7: to someone who does know? Sure,
5: I'll get
0: someone. Okay, thank you.
5: No one knows.
7: No No one in the store knows what a Pentium processor
5: is. No, no, as a matter of fact, I asked a lot of people. In fact, uh, Doug, the manager, told me that you're probably a crazy street person coming off the street just talking gibberish words. (laughs) <laughs> Pentium processor isn't gibberish Anyone who works in a computer store should know that Are you calling Doug, my manager, a liar? This, this is ridiculous uh, I'll tell you what is ridiculous I'll tell you, in this day and age You know, for crazy guys to come in the store Asking for a kryptonite processorizer I'm
3: sorry, is there a problem here? Hmm? Y- yes, there is Are you Doug, the manager? Uh, there's no
7: Doug working here, I'm Wallace Okay, well, this guy told me You don't have Pentium processors
3: well, here's one right here. Thank you. Sure. Pleasure to help. You got this one Elian. No problem, Doug. All right, baby. His name is Wallace.
5: <laughs> no, I forget sometimes. You see my old manager at the Orange Julius. His name's Doug. And uh, anyway, I, I think I should tell you the uh, computer you're looking at is for gays. What? Gays, 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 gays. <laughs>
2: so, you
5: know, what, you know what you want? You want one of these computers over here where the food comes out of, you know? right here. It's like a Star Trek. This is a Star Trek computer. Uh, That's a a vending machine. No, 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 it's a very tricky computer. If you push A1, these chips come out like that, but you have to be very smart to operate it, because you have to be kind of like Captain Clark. You mean Captain Kirk? Clark. Captain Clark. (laughs) Captain Clark.
3: (laughs) Uh, You know, you want an orange, Julius? Uh, can we get Wallace back in here? Hey, I, I. is everything all right? He wants to buy his computer. I'm sorry, sir. That's a, that's not a computer. That's a vending machine. I, I don't want to buy the vending machine.
5: Oh, mm. Come on. can we make him a special deal or something? This is a good
3: well, one. I, I guess we could call the manufacturer. No, I don't want to buy that. I'm terribly sorry, sir. Uh, was there a problem with this computer here? <laughs> he said it was for gays. <laughs> You're doing a great job, Leon. Thank you. Can yeah, I talk to your beer for a second, sir? What is this guy's problem? Look, um, that's Leon. He's a good guy. He used to work at the Orange Julius that was here before. Yeah, he told me. Well, when they closed the Orange Julius, he wouldn't leave. So the day we moved in, we found him sleeping in the back on the floor. He stood up and with a cup of nails and said, uh, "Do you want to buy a cup of Orange Julius?" Oh my gosh. Yeah. So just do the guy a favor. Buy the vending machine. What? No, I'm not. Look, it's not that much money. It's like thirty nine hundred bucks. No. I job,
5: uh, Doug, Doug, Doug. I just got the paperwork started for this Star Trek potato chip machine computer. All right. Good job, Leon. Will yes. that be
3: cash or charge, sir? N- I'm not buying the vending machine. Look, Mister, you seem nice, but
5: truth is, I don't, I don't got much. You know, a couple of years ago, I was working at Julius, and I was a big shot. I really was. And but then they shut us down, and you know, I tried to open my own Orange Julius, but everyone got sick, really sick, and some died and everything, and then. But, I don't know, maybe I'm just not a lucky guy and, and, and maybe a guy like me doesn't deserve anything
7: like that No, Leon You're a wonderful man With a big heart And I think today's your lucky day Because I'm Samuel K. Julius Grandson of the founder of Orange Julius You are? Yes, I am And I think you're just the man to head up our brand new European division
5: how does that sound, Leon? Would you like to sell orange Julius's in Germany? This coming up the orange Julius. It's a dream come
0: true. It's a dream come true. So it ends with him cutting away to German orange Julius. What I love about this episode too, and wouldn't you or this skit, is did he know all along that he was going to offer this job? <laughs> you remember that show undercover boss yeah yeah (laughs) they stole that from this skit i swear where he comes in pretending to be somebody he's not that he sees that he's a good person he offers him this great gig in germany brilliant brilliant sketch do you think that vending machine only costs thirty nine hundred bucks only are they more expensive than that
1: is the thing that makes it a vending machine valuable the content you put inside of it
0: there's like a lot of moving parts in a vending machine no, nah, I don't know. I don't know how they work. I think you rent the space or rent the machine anyways.
1: Oof. If you put one in your convenience store, you don't own it.
0: Right. Mm-hmm.
1: You're renting it.
0: Oh, like to the person that owns the machine.
1: Right. The person that owns the machine rents it to you, and I guess you get a cut. You get a certain percentage. The two Jersey guys don't know. Like, I'm surprised. <laughs> Me and Doug should both know like, yeah. instantly like what the cut is and everything. Yeah. I mean,
2: <laughs> we probably do better knowing what skee-ball machines make. <laughs>
0: <laughs> i think this is the last sketch i can't remember now i think it's the last one featuring sly okay i just want to say for the record mm. this is actually my favorite one because it's the most not would we'll say brutal or because the other ones kind of made fun of the movies that he's been in and stuff like and stuff like that but this is a just an attack on sly as a person as a star but again i think it points a little bit to probably what sly has experienced to maybe one degree or another as a celebrity, or even all celebrities have experienced this kind of thing. And, guys, we're doing the drinking game, too, where we take
1: a shot every time Jim Brewer says, uh, Yo, Pauly.
2: Oh, man. <laughs> oh, boy. Brewer, in his stand-up, he tells a story about how his dad met Sly on set during oh. this episode. Oh, really?
6: Dad got to meet Sylvester Stallone. That was probably... The funniest moment of all, Sign Live, that was never filmed. My dad, you know, World War II vet, you know, shuffles around. I'm like, Sylvester Stallone, do you mind meeting my dad? He's like, absolutely, I'd love to.
7: <laughs> Father
6: love to meet him, Mr. Brewer, what's going on? <laughs> and my father's like, hey, what's up, Sylvester? How's it hanging? A little left. Went, hey, your father's hilarious, hilarious. <laughs> And it follows like, you know, Sylvester, I read somewhere you got a place in Florida. Um where is that true? And so, as a matter of fact, I got this place, yeah, it's in Hollywood, Florida, believe it or not. Believe it or not. <laughs> That's right, I've been in Florida where you somebody got pregnant. Oh, oh
7: <laughs> my father's talking, relax.
6: <laughs> so <laughs> So my dad goes, "Hey, they got an Elks club where you're at, Sylvester. Dollar ninety-nine beer, all you can drink, and two dollars a spaghetti night every Wednesday night. You know, spaghetti, and I make the meatballs. Just Elks is a good." Sylvester, like, is, is he being serious? The
7: <laughs> like,
6: Elks club? What do you mean like a moose? What is it? About? Was it a moose? The Elk's Club. You' being serious? Is it? Yeah, $1.99, You know, you can drink spaghetti night, good time. Elk's Club. So, Sylvester's like, listen, I don't, I don't know what you mean by no Elk's Club, but the next time you're with me, Mister B, I'll bring you to my place, Planet Hollywood. Yeah, been there. Twenty dollars a beer, forty dollars a burger. <laughs> yeah, I'm taking you to the Elks. That's
0: ridiculous.
6: Ridiculous.
0: <laughs> i love it i love guys like brewer's dad that can do that kind of stuff for yeah, totally it just i think sly probably appreciates it too the, talk to him like a person oh, yeah 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 and really
5: uh, keep up the good thank
8: work thank you so much oh, thank you
5: okay, okay. Thank you. oh my god oh my god oh my god, oh my god. Well, I, I like the fake Joey. props. No, no. Get the camera! <laughs> please, I have, oh, the camera. No, no, I have to go. Get the camera! I have to no. go. man, you don't understand, man. No. You know how many times <laughs> I've seen Rocky? <laughs> you know how many times <laughs> I've seen Rocky? Really? We're talking like 46, man. You <laughs> kidding me? Coplin, We are talking Oscar! Please, come please, on. Joey! No, that's Get not. the camera! Thank you very much, but I really don't have time for pictures. I really. Dude! Don't. In the back! Get the camera! Yo, I don't mean this in a gay way. No, no, no. But you're my idol! <laughs> <laughs>
3: Thank
5: you. <laughs> Dude, I cannot even believe that I'm talking to you, man. <laughs> I can't man. believe it myself. Thank you.
0: <laughs> Thank you. I'll be right back.
5: Wait till my friend sees you. No, 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 no. Wait, no wait, I'm wait, not going to be here. I'm not going to be here. Ah! Rambo!
0: I love Tracy Morgan. He's calling him Rambo. And he, he's like it's such a Tracy Morgan. I know it's I know it's not Tracy Morgan, it's a whatever character he's playing, but I like he's calling him Rambo. There's probably part of Tracy that really just enjoys egging this on. Like it's, <laughs> yes. a lot of this scene's kind of ad-libbed a little bit. I mean they know this is the skip, but they're just basically just talking crap at him at Sly. Here we go. <laughs>
5: I tell my wife, who well, I saw a Rambo! Oh, no, 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 no. Oh, man! I, yo, I love when you jumped out that tree and cut that pig! <laughs> right. You should okay. see how my wife cooked chilling. Oh, really? Well, thank you, but really, very much. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Ayo, hey, Ayo, hey, Rambo, you gotta do a Brother Solid, man. You gotta do a Brother Solid. I, I live know. right around the block, yeah, man. Yeah. Would you come to my house and kiss my wife for me? Uh, <laughs> you gotta come no, over listen, with me and kiss my wife. No, no I listen, I can't. I, can't, I, can't no, no, I don't even know you. Oh man, what you talking about? You can't kiss my no, wife. No, that has nothing to do with your wife, really. Oh just... man, second. Anyway, yo, you was in the woods, right? Yeah. You remember that? Mm-hmm. And you got the deep gas on your arm. Yeah. And you ended up but, sewing up your own womb. Yes, right. it. I was in jail, right? Yeah. And the dude stabbed me. Yeah. Guess what I did? I'm no, not my own move. Rambo! <laughs> that's great. Right. it's oh, really nice. I'm to meet you fucking on Rambo. you. Well, no, I, I really, I, I gotta go. I just really. You like, see, ho, ho, ho. See, that's why I feel you, Rambo. That's why I feel <laughs> you, Mr. Rambo. Because <laughs> the police could not track you down. <laughs> oh, oh, Hey, 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 oh. Get a picture. Come oh, on, get boy. in there with me. Hey, guys. Hey, hello, oh, hello. Yo, yo. Not for nothing. Not for nothing. I gotta be honest. I thought you were bigger, man. <laughs> you don't. <laughs> <laughs> make a muscle. Make a muscle. Make a I muscle. To make a muscle. I, I told my wife I'm bigger than Rocky. I was I'm bigger there. than Rocky. I'm, I'm growing. All right. I'm, I'm bigger there. than. Rocky. <laughs> I'm <growing>. I'm bigger <laughs> yo, yo, dear, dear. What? How much money are you making, crazy Ooh. man? I know, right? Guys, cool. wait a minute. Enough. Enough. Seriously, I'm not Rocky. I'm not Rambo. Okay. I'm a just a regular guy with a family, which yo, I'm late to say. And really, I have to go. So thank you. One minute, though. Okay? So, one thing. Let me see that hunting knife you be carrying. Where you are? Yo, 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 wait, wait, wait. Give me you one paw. One paw. You're calling. Calling. How can you do that? You're nice, You're bully! It's nice calling. meeting you. Seriously, nice meeting you, too. I'm just asking you to get out of my We're way. I have to go home. you do it for millions of people. You can't do yeah. one for me. That's How hard can it be? Just, you're calling. What's up with, what's that, with, what's <laughs> what's that, with <laughs> that weak handshake you just gave me, man? You ain't no <laughs> Rambo. <laughs> you ain't no you Rambo. Sure, sure, not is. no Rambo. Sure, no Rambo, you what do, man. You're surety. crossing the line, hey, Come on, no, no, You're he. just crossing the line, all right. He ain't no Rambo, man. You are not no Rambo, man. You know this is why I don't go out because of guys like you. All right? Yes. That's why. Keep chucking, Rambo! <laughs>
1: <laughs> Was there a mirror? Yeah, that Jim Brewer, because he takes the picture that ends up on the cover of the paper.
0: <laughs> I thought the same thing. I know the photo; oh, it doesn't make sense.
1: This is another sketch. This one, I oh. I don't know how we forgot this. Oh this yeah, one sucks. Where he's trying to pawn off his daughters. This <laughs> is like a public late, access.
0: <laughs> a typical late in the show sketch that really yeah is just filler. They should have ended with the other one, but they also know people are falling asleep at home right now. Mm-hmm. We'll play a little bit of it, but it really does kind of drag. It's not Sly's fault; he plays fine, but he plays a dad who has three daughters—they're all dysfunctional, or ugly, or all of the above—and he has. I guess he has a show, a weekly cable show people—it's a call cable, it. like public access, you yeah. know. Trying to um, you
1: know what's funny about this sketch, though, Ryan, is what is you think Stallone's playing a, a guy in
0: his seventies here? I think so. Yeah. yeah. Compared is, to what Stallone looks like today? Yes, yeah, so this would be what he's doing now with his daughters. <laughs> wow. Well, it's also funny. I don't know if we're going to play
1: him throwing at the end of the show, you know, saying goodbye. I believe it's just his wife and he only had one daughter at this point.
0: Yes, because he says, I'll be home. Uh, so I think it was Sophie. So- yeah, exactly. Sophie and Jennifer. So, yeah, we can hear a little bit of what he's saying here, but it's not yeah worth doing for the whole time.
5: Yeah, if you say so, Dad. And I'm telling you, this is the truth. She does the best impression of Mae West that's out of this world. Come on, show. Sure. Oh, please, come on. I babe. haven't done that since fourth grade. I know, honey, please, come on. You got a gift share it with the people in the world. Come on. All
8: right. Hey. Come on up and see me sometime,
0: big boy. <laughs> what can I tell you? She's a star. The best part of the skit, though, is Sherry Terry, oh, Terry.
1: <laughs> Just staring at the camera with that brow. It's, it's amazing.
0: I will it's, say she, she's the MVP of the skit, and she's great. When she does her little accordion play. Let's just get to that. So she does a talent show for the people at home. This is beautiful.
5: And now we've got the musical genius of the family. Maria here can play any tone of better song on the accordion. Play, play. Play the music. <laughs> Isn't she something? Come on, call. What's the matter with you people? The kid's a genius. She's
0: like... You know where they got the skit from idea as well, is my guess. Mm-hmm. You remember the Chris Farley, Adam Sandler skit? The Hurley of Boy? So keep in mind what he's doing right here. Come on, give my girls a chance. Give him a call. Give my girls a chance. Keep that, all that in mind. Well, Adam Sandler and Chris Farley did one of the best skits quite frankly in fricking Saturday Night Live history called The Hurley Boy where Adam Sandler tries to sell off Chris Farley to do jobs at your house. Same idea. <laughs> it's a, same, type of, uh, same type of... It does sound familiar, but I couldn't pinpoint it. Out of
9: an
3: estimated 50,000 professional house sitters in the world, The Hurley Boy is by far the best.
9: Mm-hmm. <laughs> Hello. Let me water your plants. <laughs> Please, while you're gone, let me water your plants. It would mean so much to me if you just let me water your plants. Come on, you're not going to be there. Somebody's got to water them. Why, Why can't it be me? Please, hey, hey, please, let me water your plants. Come on, let the boy water your oh.
7: plants.
0: <laughs> Chris Farley.
9: Hi, hello. Are you good? Good. Let me bring in your mail. While you're gone. Come on, please. Let me bring in your mail. There'll be so much mail in your mailbox while you're away. Let me bring the mail in the house for you. Come on, I'm already going to be watering your plants. (laughs) Just say yes to me bringing in your mail, please. Don't look away. Look at me. (laughs) I honestly and sincerely would like to bring in your mail. He's a good, hard-working boy. Let him bring in your mail. Hey. Uh. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, look who's here. Nice to see you again. You look great. Let me sleep in your bed. Don't shake your head, no. Let me sleep in your bed. You're not even going to be there. Please let me let me sleep in your bed. Nothing weird's going to happen. I'll sleep in the exact same position as you sleep. You can trust me. I'll even wash the sheets before you come back. How's that? Please? Sweet mother of God!
5: What is the holdup? Let the boy sleep in your damn bed. He said he'd wash the sheets.
0: Yeah. I was trying not to laugh. I love that. <laughs> Please don't
9: make me wash the sheets. <laughs> He's a clean boy. Wash your own damn sheets, for God's
5: sakes.
9: Is it? <laughs> Is it? <laughs> let me move in with you, please. When you come back home, don't make me leave. Please, let me move in with you. I'll push all my things into the corner. That'll be my little area. Please, I won't bother you. You don't even have to look at me. Just let me move in with you, please. I'd like an answer. And I'd like that answer to be yes, please. I've already slept in your bed. <laughs> if you didn't want me to move in, why'd you let me sleep in your bed? Just let me move in, would you please? <sighs> Can we stop this cruel
5: game and allow the boy to keep one shred of dignity? For God's okay, sake!
0: Adam laugh. I
5: can't stand <laughs> to see him in all this pain! You vicious bastards! <laughs> Let him move in with you! Is it so bad to see somebody happy? So just let him move in! For the love of God, let the boy move in with you!
1: Good
9: I'm not going
0: to beg you. (laughs) All right. So it reminded me of that. I know it's a a long play there, but it's so good. I can't stop Chris Farley worth anything. He's my favorite. The idea of the Sly character, please take my daughters. It just totally reminded Mm. me of the same kind of concept. All right. Well, there you go. That is the, uh, yeah, special (laughs) song of Saturday Night Live. (laughs) This is a mega big episode. We tackled the Muppet show on Saturday Night Live. Uh, Overall, guys, what do you think of Sly's comedy chops? Could he have been... A Saturday Night Live cast member in another universe. Absolutely. Oh.
1: Wow. That's bold. You know, look at the Orange Julius sketch. Look at the sketch where he played himself at the end. He had all the range necessary to do
0: it. How come his attempts at comedy films sucked so hard? Writers. Writers, writers, yeah. writers. He's not. A, he's not a comedy writer. I think he's a funny guy. I think... When he's naturally just being sly, you see him on his Instagram videos with his daughter and stuff, he's funny. He's got a good mm-hmm. sense of humor. He laughs at the world, laughs at himself. He doesn't take himself seriously. And I think that's maybe the, he used to in the 80s, but definitely in the 90s and the 2000s, he's humbled himself so he can be kind of like poke fun and have fun. I think it's writing. So we have Saturday Night Live writers creating these ideas and concepts which he could accomplish as an actor. And the guy that wrote Oscar or Stop and Mumble Shoot, I mean – yeah, what's their competition? Who are they competing with? They were already given the spec money to to write this script. Hey, I've got this idea. We'll get this action star with a doting mother, and we'll put <laughs> him in a diaper. we will put him in a diaper. Like, oh man, I'm surprised Sly didn't put his foot down on that. This was fun. I I love an episode that doesn't really have any stakes.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was a nice <laughs> departure from what we normally do when we get together.
0: Agreed.
1: Yeah, it wasn't a hard episode, you know, to prepare for. No, it was easy. Very easy to prepare for. (laughs) You guys went through how Craig prepares with this episode.
0: (laughs) No wonder you're always ready to record. (laughs) Doug, uh, why don't you uh, go ahead and plug where you are in the feed and what you're about for our listeners.
2: Well, as you hear us now, we are releasing all of our back episodes of season one and season two of Rocky Minute. So your feed might get flooded over the next couple of months But we're just trying to, to grind those out real quick Before we get to season 3 Once we start releasing season 3 We're going to do a 3 days a week format Which is a mid-season decision So you know, you'll know, you hear Craig on for 5 episodes So he'll, he'll cover over a week's worth of episodes So that might happen with a few of the guests Until we catch up But uh, yeah, 3 days a week Monday, Wednesday and Friday most likely uh, Once we
0: start releasing season 3 Awesome. So I'll uh, look forward to that later in 2020. Awesome, and Craig, what do you got in the horizon for Slycast?
1: Yeah, well, let's see. Uh, we just had the thir- you know Rambo at 35 episode, and our next regular movie coverage episode is going to be Assassins, Ooh. which we have myself, Mike Kunda, and Jeff Ferry. So three of the four you know main guys from Slycast together for Assassins. So uh, that one we recorded. I'll start dropping some of the classic or casts from the vault type episodes. So we'll probably drop right around this one you're listening to right now, the slycast discussion of the Muppet show and uh, SNL. Although I don't know if we did those together now that I think about it.
0: <laughs> um, I don't remember. I've listened to all your shows, but I don't remember how you did it. I was there Ryan and I don't remember, <laughs> yeah.
1: but either way, whatever discussions we had that pertain to this topic, I'll throw up in the feed here. And it's really cool that we have one nice clean feed for us all to be on and
0: yeah, it's great. Hopefully. I think it's worked for both all of our feeds because I know people have jumped from Rocky Minute and Sidecast listening to some of my catalog that they weren't there before. So my numbers have gone up, uh, and it's not about numbers. It's just about we create content. And we do want to share that with as many people as want to listen. So it's the idea is is that now everyone yeah. when they do Stallone podcast search, it just it goes to us. We are the predominant mm-hmm. Stallone podcast search. It comes to us. Craig, I just wanted to say what you can call your past Slycast episodes, your vault episodes. You could say Slycast, mm-hmm. take you back, and then the time <laughs> that could be your. Yeah, yeah. It came to me as like call it the take you back. Ryan, episodes. you're the name guy, man. <laughs> you are the
1: name guy. You, you know, you you help name my uh, my bonus episodes of the Pulp Fiction podcast. So uh,
0: yeah, catch, you are – catch up with Craig. Yeah,
1: yeah, you're gold, man. You've got a second a second career if the high seas don't uh, don't do you well,
0: man. <laughs> It's been fun. Thank you. It's been fun. It's been a while, so it's it's been fun to talk.
1: Yeah. Take care, guys. All right. You as well. Bye. Bye.